way you look at things, the things you look at change. What exists, reality itself, is gorgeous. It is the plenum, the fullness of total joy. The universe is celebrating. It's a fireworks show to celebrate that existence is. Wow, we. For those of us seeking a life of meaning and purpose, capturing fulfillment in every moment of now, seeking the truth of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Hugh Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living? Party killing time. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. And today's episode is one that I am super excited for. I have the pleasure of welcoming the host of one of my favorite podcasts to my show and share some of this guy's amazing knowledge with you all. Uh, this guy's knowledge and wit is uh, something that can rival some of the top people I've ever met in my life. This guy's brain is an amazing container of wisdom that I, I can't wait to to get inside of and see what stuff awaits us in this conversation. So uh, here is the host of the Expanding Reality Podcast, Mr. Brandon Thomas. What's going on, brother? Welcome. My man, thank you so much. This is so cool. You're just awesome. You're just a damn delight and a treasure to this realm. I just really appreciate you. And thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm super excited to have you on here. I have had a guest list that I have just had not had the time to start diving down for this entire season. We've just had one subject after another coming up. And it was like, all right, it's time to hit the guest list. Who's the first person on there? And I'm like, I got to get Brandon Thomas on. <laughs> Grateful, is, man. That was awesome. podcast, when Spotify brings your stats up every single year, he's right behind Joe Rogan on my hours of listen to stuff. And the I think the only reason Joe Rogan's ahead of you is because it just, when you put one on, it just keeps on going and I'll throw it on like a Saturday when I'm working in the yard. So kind of like by default, he's beating you, but technically I think I listen to your show a lot more. So you know, we'll, we'll take it. The problem. metrics in the heart, in my opinion, <laughs> and we will absolutely take that. Thank you so much. Plus, uh, if we have to 3d it, he's putting out like, uh, five times the amount of episodes we are. So absolutely. yeah, yep. maybe there's something to do with it, but no, puts on a phenomenal show. I've learned so much from that dude. He's a huge motivator for all of us and some incredible guests. We've actually shared a couple of guests, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a badass show, but honestly, honor to be on this one, dude. So thank you. It's an honor to have you, man. It's an honor to have you. It's like, I, like we were talking before we hit record. It's like, I already feel like I know the guy, yeah, uh, just brothers. I get to talk to him or I get to hear his voice all the time talking to me. So at least this time I get to talk back. So that's always the pleasure of having somebody that you listen to all the time and of being a guest on your show. So it is, it's one of the coolest things, especially because uh, like we were hanging out here earlier and I'm just like, oh my God, dude, this is awesome. I get a chance to get to know you better, you know, before we hit record here and guys, you, the audience, I I'm sure you already know it, but. If you needed a reminder, um, you have a phenomenal house and you should be so grateful to have this dude. And thank you all for tuning in and absolutely support this man in anything he does. This dude's uh, the real deal in every way. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate it. So, yeah, we get acquainted through Ben Carroll. Ben Carroll, the the sound wizard, the I guess I would say former guitar great. But, you know, we were we were conspiring about Still how great. we, we got to get Ben back on the stage with the guitar. He's talented in all the other stuff that he does. And I know he's going to listen to this one. So. Ben, there's a conspiracy against you to get you back on stage at least one more time with Raw. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen. Yeah, me and Brandon are present. 
Yeah, we're already facilitating the means. We have a whole huge elaborate thing that's actually occurring uh, just for Raw to reunite on stage for our event that we will host. Host, And I'm extremely excited about this, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, Ben Ben was a guest on your show, and that's, that was the episode that turned me on to it. And uh, I have never stopped listening ever since. I mean, you've got some amazing guests on your show, and some of the subjects you, you dive into on there are the exact things that we talk about on here. It's the stuff that is like the amazing what ifs of life, like even as far out there as they might be, it's like, what if this thing is actually true? You know, the people that you have on there are knowledgeable in that field and they're fully convinced whatever it is that's going on, like that's actually a reality that we should explore and that it's a potential. Yeah, dude. And it's so uh, interesting you said that because I'm a magnet. I'll say it up top. I'm a magnet for incredible people. That's my superpower. Now, selfishly, of course, I want all of those people or my responsibility rather uh, is to make sure that all those people are connected and and doing well. And so that's that's sort of my thing here. But my core mission is to get people back to themselves. And I discovered that my the way that I did that for me, which is all I can offer anyone ever is my perspective, my perception. I've gotten a few uh, amazing conversations with some folks, and because I'm a magnet for incredible people, I just happen to record it and put it out. Um, but with those experiences, what they really taught me was is that possibilities are endless. And it's interesting whenever we talk about the matrix or the narrative or anything like that, it's a real black and white either or even in when we come up through spirituality, I say come up. Uh, when we when we're as we're exploring the concept and embodying spirituality a little bit deeper, we, we can even find that we can transcend duality a little bit. And even consciously, we can look at that there's other options available other than the either or this philosophical concept of like, well, that or that, that's where subversion occurs. Mm. And that is where you give your power over to somebody else. And so I was, for me personally, which is again, all I can offer, I was able to track back where I gave my power away. And so I just took it back in line. And it was something that really it, it's rooted in finding yourself uh, and at the core of you are all of the answers. It just seems that there's a loud display of options of experience out here is how I put it, because they're just options of experience, not right or wrong. And it's just like, yeah, I could go uh, get stuck in that, not, not stuck. I could go play in that sandbox for a little bit. I could go spin around that whirlpool for a little while, but I find myself more on this um, trajectory of this flow of life where I don't get stuck in one thing for too long in particular. Instead, we created this craft, which is expanding reality that's way bigger than us now. And uh, we just are piloting our ship that way, <clears throat> excuse me, not not getting too bogged down into one particular area, which is again why uh, the show is the way it is. It's expanding reality. It's a verb. It's always it's a continuous process. And I've named it such I'm, NLP is uh, I'm very big into that. The way you speak, right? Abracadabra. As I speak, I create the God, you know, if you follow the Bible or even look into that ideal, God uh, spoke the word got into existence, everything into existence with the word rather. So whenever I really dove down the where I was giving my power away, it was in the subjective comments of like, this has to be this way. And it's like, well, there are so many reasons why there are so many other options available. And really, it's one of those things. If you can just prove that there's a secondary option, not that it's wrong per se, but like that there's something else that doesn't define everything around this one concept and that there's another option of experience, right? So this is where I got really deep into perception. This is where I got really into the way that you look at things, your RAS, your reticular activating system, which I'd love to go uh, spend some time on. Uh, and so with this uh, look at perception, this perception at perception, it just changed everything. And it uh, allowed me to be free and to look at things as I choose to see them, which is just a game. You know, I mean, 
first and foremost for your audience, I use the B word believe very, very sparingly because, again, I'm, I'm very particular about my speech. And beliefs is um, something I found to be just, you know, first of all, it's just a thought you keep thinking. And second of all, it's something that I found very interesting with, again, with my introspection. I found that I had a few of those B words kicking around in there and they, you know, softened the softened my desire for a sharper experience. And by that, I mean that it, it just took me out of the desire to really push my boundaries. And so, again, what I discovered with this is just multiple options for things. So, again, um, with the beliefs thing, um, the way that I like to say this is from a 1999 Kevin Smith film called Dogma. And it's an incredible movie. If you guys have ever seen this thing, they don't stream it. Uh, I think Warner Brothers Warner Brothers bought the rights, but they just sit on it. They don't stream it anywhere, so you've got to find a bootleg copy from Amazon, and it skips right at all the parts with George Carlin on it. No big deal. That's what ours does. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, in that film, uh, Chris Rock plays a character named Rufus, right? An angel that comes down. And he, in that, uh, gave me a beautiful gift early on, and it's this line from this dick and fart movie, but man, I my higher self knew I needed to see it, that it would ring a bell in me that I would anthropomorphize and scale up as I do. I just go deep with shit. Even the simplest little thing, right? As above, so below. So uh, in that movie, the line goes, I don't have beliefs, I have ideas because ideas are easier to change. And man, when I heard that, I was just like, holy shit, that just makes like some of the most sense ever because yes, I was also reading uh, The Conversations with God book by Neil Donald Walsh. Mm -hmm. And in that, one of the most profound things what he's, he, he wrote that uh, you never know how you're going to feel on any given tomorrow. And that's fascinating to me because it's so accurate. You know, and this is where like uh, the conversation of monogamy comes up and marriage and all of these things, which you and I are incredibly happily married, mm -hmm. which uh, how long have you been with your wife, if you don't mind? Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. You can do it. 18 years. Oh, so okay. I've been with her for 22, married for 18. Okay. Congratulate. Uh, we're 13, oh, be God, married nine and <laughs> we'll be married nine in two months. So yes, uh, that same thing. We're over kind of those seven year, you know, those humps or whatever. Yeah. And, and you find this awesome, strong partner in that or whatever. So. Uh, I'd say, you know, like I said, to the bulk of it, it <clears throat> again, just comes down to perception and the way you look at things. And like I said, this can splinter off into many different types of conversations. And I again, hope to have them all, dude, and just wherever you'd like to go with it. So maybe that's a, a good setup uh, if you'd like, but um, it's all about the way you see shit, all about it. That's all that life is about. It's about the levels of perception. And we just keep building the layers upon layers of experience one minute blends into the next and the perceptions constantly shift and change. It's a, it's a, it's a recipe that once you're aware of it, you can sort of dissect the recipe as it's going on and you can shift your perceptions as things are moving through. And it just life becomes less frustrating. It becomes less of a, of a daunting task. It becomes less of, um, you know, even the, the low times become less low if that makes any sense, yep. because in those moments, you're picking out the value of what it is that you're supposed to be going through in those tough moments. And then you're looking forward to that tides now out and now it has to come in. It's a law of the universe. And that's what makes life more rewarding and fulfilling. And that's what this show is all about. So you're, you're speaking all my words, man. That's why I love this dude. I'll so be back brother. <laughs> Before we type dive too deep, I ask a cliche question of everybody who comes Ooh, on the show. Geez. What does it mean to live your best life, according to Brandon Thomas? Authentically, that's it. Uh, live your you, you know, uh, not for anyone else, just your most authentic self. And that's my mission here is to give people back to themselves. I identify it very quickly. And um, that is my answer, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Short, sweet, to the point and <laughs> ready. And awesome. <laughs> like that's one, of the, like... one of the best things. Authenticity is something that I personally struggle a lot with. You know, I had to keep finding my authenticity and 
even now it's like, I still have to feel like given some of the rules that I have to play in society and stuff like that, I have to keep my authenticity under wraps because in certain settings, like you and I talked about in the beginning, I have certain expectations of settings. Like I did my previous career. So authenticity is like, it's a, it's been a journey for me. And I know a lot of people where it is the same thing. And if you and I are inspirations to people who haven't yet found it. And it's amazing to see those people blossom when you sort of plant that seed for them. Yeah. And what's beautiful about your approach with this, though, dude, uh, to actually give you uh, a lot more credit than you're giving yourself here is that you play such a fine line between such a wide variety of experience options of experience here. So you facilitate, you know, the family man and you're a rock for your and a provider for your family, but also you have a community and then also you have your listening audience. And so these things seem like maybe they're not uh, connected like ancient cultures or whatever, but perhaps we look a little deeper like we do find now and then ancient cultures look just like your assets are all facilitated within this and they're connected in a way so what you're able to do dude is is step out of the need to be unapologetically authentic which is fine that's that's kind of where i'm at i mean i've got a filter and all that stuff but um rarely um <laughs> but i'm i'm still re respectful and diplomatic I, I was raised well you know from texas so we're we're just we got good minors that's right. anyway uh and so you're authentic but you're not not to a point again to be unapologetically so but also to where it doesn't compromise your boundaries not to be so openly unapologetically so. So mm -hmm. you you have like this awesome, I just see it with you, dude. Uh, I feel it when we speak. You you have this like uh, balance, this cohesion that's very, I mean, remarkable and should be studied, dude. So like, it's <laughs> very, very interesting. Put me in a museum, right? <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing it now. And this is what's beautiful too about doing a show like this. I mean, I've got, uh, I'm releasing episode 202 this that's week. That's right. And uh, over the 200. Dude, it's wild, dude. Just keep doing it. Like that's what it is. It's yeah. just like anything, like building muscle, anything. It's little little things over over a long period of time. And so um with that, uh what was I gonna say? <sighs> I don't know. See, anyway, what I did earlier. <laughs> yeah, brain fart. What's well, this full moon shit just kind of uh, hanging yeah. off? Anyway, so uh been a bunch of shows. I think what I was gonna say is just keep going and yet you're crushing. Oh, but it's a it's a uh diary, it's a journal of your experience, you know, because my first show is totally different than where I'm at now. Oh yeah. But you leave it out there and it's interesting. Yep. My first shows were horrendous. Like some of the first, <laughs> they should first be. episodes of the podcast <laughs> were horrible. But the thing is, is that I did this based on a podcast that uh, really inspired me through rough times, totally transitioned my life, a positive head podcast. Um, it's, and it's really far out there with a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, you think yours is far out there. You could dive into some pretty, pretty similar stuff, but, um, his podcast completely inspired me. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I actually got connected with him as well. And he's like, you know, you should start your own. And I'm like, no way. He's like, why not? I'm like, I don't do that. It terrifies the crap out of me. He's like, that's more of a reason to try it then. Yeah. Then of course, yeah. I did it. run he towards what scares you, dude. Exactly. So, you know, the rest is history and now it's a speeding train. I can't stop, but I don't want to stop. You're crushing it. Like the background, like everything. It's just so profesh, dude. You know, this I mean, just, you look like you man. were meant for it. Like you've been doing it forever, dude. This was like three months though. I had to take a break between September and I think January of this past year, because I had to redo this whole studio. Cause I had like this tiny little corner right here with a computer monitor and like the background over here was just this stale den that i have like you know there wasn't much going on and i spent months like just got the roadcaster and got all the professional oh, i love stuff. it so i know the road there's nothing better than that though dude so yeah and that's a good message to everybody uh you're amazing by the way start your own damn podcast uh and yes please continue yeah everybody should if, if it's something they want to do i've had people who how can i do my own and it's like 
Well, realize that it's a lot of work. There's no, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. It's a ton of work, but if it's something that you want to try do it, and if you only do episodes, at least you can say one day I did a podcast and here's my first few horrible episodes that I did. And that's it, you know, (laughs) and they're awesome and you'll love them. Absolutely. I cringe when I hear mine. Oh my God. But what made you want to start yours? That was one of the first questions I want to ask you is like, what actually inspired you to start expanding reality? You know, I uh, had a show that was called The Up and Adam Experiment. I drove a beer truck uh, for a little while. I worked for Anheuser-Busch uh, for like 10 years, uh, well, nine and, nine and a half years. And for about four, four or five years of that, I drove a beer truck. And it was fun. It was crazy work. It was insane doing this thing. So uh, I had a buddy of mine whose name was Adam. And we had an airport route that was insane. We drove around a DFW airport, like in between the uh, airplane wings and shit. They don't let us do this anymore, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we used to have the most hilarious conversations. And he was just so funny. And uh, so we started a podcast. and It was awesome. It, it included another guy that we uh, worked with. Uh, and he was an atheist. Adam was a devout Christian. And then my wife and I were part of this as well. So it was the four of us. And then my wife and I are whatever we are. Right. And so we had this whole conversation. We had about 50 episodes. Good luck finding any of it. I'm pretty sure I scrubbed it all. But um, (laughs) it was a lot of fun. And then 2020 hit. And when that hit, uh, everything just sort of like like with everybody just sort of shut down. You know, I shot for a gun for about a a week. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this side up. It's expansion. Got it. And then I moved on. (laughs) And then I was over it from there. Uh, Maybe two weeks. But anyway, uh, from there, I invited everybody to come back. I was like, hey, you know, I'm uh, kicking the show off. I'm going to rebrand it. And in that because in that downtime, like I didn't stop like everybody else like was like, oh, the podcast is done. You know, uh, I was like, no, no, no. Um, I've got a list of like you, a guest list. I had a, a list of, well, I don't know how many damn names on it. It's a green notebook. I still have it. And uh, it just had uh, just name after name after name after uh, name of people from coast to coast, from authors, all of it really uh, UFO and the freaky woo woo and the paranormal. That's sort of where I was at. Um, exclusively with this. And then as that went, of course, I just happened to name the show Expanding Reality rather than This Is What Aliens Are. And um, <laughs> we just started having uh, more conversations. And I'm, my interests are so wide and varied anyway. You know, as a touring musician for 12 years, that guitar went to China with me for a month and oh, nice. did that. Yeah, I mean, so I've got so many different interests in books and comics and um, all the fucking freaky woo-woo and amazing topics we talk about, psychology, I mean, just everything. And so it seemed easy, you know, to just morph in. But when I invited everybody back for the show and the name change and everything, uh, nobody else wanted to join it. So I was like, OK, cool. So I just started it off on, on my own. And here we are. So it's it's awesome. man. yeah, it was a yeah. blast. And I've crossed off and now I'll go revisit that list every now and then. And I'll be like, oh, I've had them on. I've had them on. I've had them on. You know, not I haven't memorized a damn thing or anything, but it's cool to go in there and see, you know, for my now self that my past self already knew that I was going to, you know, put those on there. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. You've had a lot of amazing people on there and stuff. So uh, basically, you know, has it been everything that you thought you were going to do when you started the podcast? Like, has it morphed into something a little bit like off the rails or is it pretty much in line? Because, I mean, it, it is pretty broad in its focus, but is it pretty much what you expected? Is it like where it's where you thought you would take it? And did you ever think it would get as big as it is? Because I, I showed you some of the stats the other day and, and sent you this stuff, even though I butchered where I thought you were at on the charts. But it's okay. um, you're still charting pretty far up there. I check out a few key podcasts every once in a while. And it's like, wow, these guys are crushing it. We're doing well. And it was interesting because like I answered you in the message, I don't look at it. So it was cool to kind of uh, see that see where we are with it because that is a metric uh, that's yeah. important for folks i know that we've uh, done a great job of making sure that the guests are um, happy as shit and that they want to come back and that we have an awesome conversation and that we're very real and because of that i guess uh, i get the you know we are able to 
get the clout that then attracts, you know, more of that, the, the people that require that. So it is, it's been a fascinating process, dude. Um, really with, with this whole, uh, just, just sort of, um, doing a show and then growing it and with as far as the expectations go i you know read a book uh, there's two books that i will say have absolutely changed my life i'm a book whore i've read uh, so this stack of books i'm on book 12 right now for the year so far so i read just constantly but uh conversations with god of course the first one i mentioned but also the four agreements by don miguel ruiz and in that uh one of them is uh, don't have expectations and so with that i really embodied that and even early on in this show as I grew and learned more and more, and as I continued to do so, I, I was very aware of uh, sort of manifestation practices and, you know, at a rudimentary level of what I was interesting entering in with the show this time. And I've learned just so damn much and applied so much more in between. But as far as uh, the expecting it to go a direction, I should expected it to be cool as shit and for people to love it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, those expectations have been met, you know, as long as you keep them. Yeah. And they continue to, you know, um, get more exciting because then what's what's the cherry on top is the people that write you and they go, you know, oh my God, your show, whatever, changed my life. Or the guy yeah. that goes, hey man, I've got this show and I'd love for you to come on as a guest. Like, that's amazing, man. This is, yeah. it's just really, really cool to be put in places where the story you have and the things that you've learned, uh, you get an opportunity to share that with folks. Yeah. So I love that. It's one of the most amazing things for sure. So as far as books have gone, have you checked out this book, Oneness? uh no no but i'm writing so, it down it's yeah you got to, and i might be able to send you one so don't get it because uh it's a good one but we're currently okay. reading this one on the show so it's a perfect spot instead of me putting an ad break i can put my plug in right now for everybody who's listening to the show go and check out the website it's onenesswebsite.com is where you can order the books i plug it almost every episode because the author was gracious enough to give us the rights to the book um so for those regular listeners just a reminder to get out there and go order that book um, and read along with the show whenever we're doing those book reads. But yeah, th- if you check That's out awesome. that book, um, it's it's one that I would basically refer to as like my Bible, because basically the Bible fell apart for me in this early stages of spiritual awakening, just learning about the Bible. I'm like, well, if I'm going to like went through a really dark time, if I want to find God, um, how am I going to do it? Well, everybody turns to Christianity, right? So I started looking into it and then I learned the history of the Bible. If I'm going to learn into it, to dive into this book, I need to learn about its history. And then I learned about how, much, how many times it was modified and the stuff that was pulled out was really potent stuff. And then that book came across my path in the process. And some of the words that were just coming out of that book were just like ripping me. And it's like, wow, some really deep spiritual stuff that this lady got on like a download over five years. And it was just like, crazy stuff. Like I'm reading it on the show. So if you're ever interested in listening along, it's, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm like chapter three or four right now. Um, and it goes 44 chapters long. So I'll be reading this for a while, but it's awesome cool book. Super. Cool. I am so interested in this. Yes. I, I, yes, yes. To all of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love books like that. I've, uh, Michael Newton's uh, journey of souls was one that I read this year as well as uh, many lives, many masters. So those two were here and those were about, you know, psychologists, uh, psychiatrists rather that, um, talk to patients and in uh, michael newton's he had 23 cases something like that and in many lives many masters it was just the one but it was very interesting you know how they put themselves in this state and move on and all of that so these channeled type of works which i mean again uh, conversations with god his pen started moving and he had a conversation with god um all of those things it's it's just really interesting the Celestine prophecy the seth books you know jane roberts and um all, all of those kind of things i find very interesting because they yeah. get in the very pure state um, and it's easy for anybody, I suppose, if they want to go, oh, it's all bullshit. Well, 
in conversations with God, there was a ton of wisdom that I've lived to this day that have changed my life. Yeah. Concepts like uh, you, the only reason you're in the room is to heal the room. You're only in the room to heal the room. The only reason you're in the room is to heal the room. That's it. That's the only reason you're in the room. And so things like that, like uh, looking at everyone as me, looking at a oneness in all of us through the eyes of like, when I see you, I see me. And right. I've done that since I completed that book. Now, the snake oil salesman, you know, uh, changed my fucking life and has made me yeah. into um, a, the greatest, greatest version of me that I can um, think of right now. And that's to quote him as well. You always have an opportunity to be a greater, grander version of yourself. And it's it's those things that I'm able to inspire others with as well. But again, it's a channeled work. You know, I mean, the those that want to bark about the really about the efficacy of something like that or uh, the credulity of the author or anything like that. Um, it's just interesting how they're not meant to get the magic. You know, that's what it feels right. like. It's just you're not open for the universe to surprise you. You're not okay with your beliefs being challenged, which is, again, why it's interesting that anyone would anchor to them. And um, I find it so fun that you and I could sit here and have a conversation about simulated reality about uh, aliens and the 50 different incredibly awesome possibilities that, you know, I can come up with off the top of my head that they could be. And all of it could be totally cool and true in my mind. The earth could be flat and round. Absolutely. In my mind. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah, there there's a consensus reality to this element as well, which, again, I, I, I focus on things like the placebo effect, double slit experiment and your RES, your reticular activating system. And those three things, scientifically proven uh, things are concepts and uh, they're they're one of the biggest telltale giveaways for that you're probably making all this shit up. And yeah. it's probably all coming from you. Isn't that wild? And it's just really, really interesting, dude. Yeah. Yeah. For people like I've I've dove into the quantum physics stuff every once in a while in the beginning of the show, and I've kind of gotten away from it. Um, although it got a lot of ratings and stuff like that. But like the double slit experiment is just one that if people we're not dive into it too deep now, but if people are are ever questioning whether or not we actually create a reality like that and the continued um, discoveries that come out about it, like the, there's two people that won a Nobel Prize for it in 2022 for their continued experiments that basically proved that it was it was actually a valid experiment in that consciousness actually creates the physical reality, the, re, the reactions of physical properties of reality, the individual's consciousness, like go look that stuff up for yourself because it's crazy, crazy stuff. It takes a lot to comprehend it, but um, those things are absolutely what fascinated me to want to get on a podcast and start my own so I could have conversations with people about it. Cause there's only so much you can talk to your spouse about it before they go to cross side. <laughs> and they're like, dude, you need to find a friend group of people that get this <laughs> shit. Cause yes, it was cool to talk about every once in a while, sitting in the hot tub or around the fire, but come on. Can you go back and talk about football every once in a while? <laughs> like, what yeah, the I can only yes and you so far, honey. You know, <laughs> and that's what I say about my beautiful goddess of a wife, Mary. I adore this woman. We have done this uh, life thing many, many, many times, if not all of them. And this woman, I I call her the kite. Uh, I'm the kite. She's the string. And she's down there just like, yeah, there he goes. And I'm up there with my crazy, you know, it could all be bullshit. And she's like, yeah, okay, there he goes. Yep. And she's so sweet and wonderful. <laughs> I know. And and then that's it. I can come in here, hang out with you for an hour and a half, some ch hour and some change, whatever. And then I go back out there and just be so excited. She's like, that's awesome, honey. And yeah. then we go do stuff on the ranch or something, something 3D, you know. Yeah. But it's great. But she's very into this stuff as well, which is awesome. I just have a, uh, the goddess partner. And I know that. Yeah, I ride or die. I'm I'm equally as lucky. I've known her my almost my whole life, and and she's into this stuff too. She just uh 
she's she's i have a weird brain you know i have the ability to recall <laughs> a ton of information and and hold yeah. on to a bunch of stuff and you know she's she's extremely brilliant herself and you know there's still only a certain amount though where it's like can i just turn on the damn tv and just watch kardashians for a while do you have to put on some sort of a documentary where we're having our minds blown again yes so, you call me for that brother okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah, you got no, myself sure. just call me we'll yeah. have to make a regular like friday night zoom thing where we just put on some stupid shit on uh amazon prime i watched this documentary the other day i was i was, I was homesick for a couple days and there's this documentary series et's among us and they dove into yeah like, have you seen that one I, um no, but I, I, I've seen parts of it, but not the whole thing, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If it's you, awesome. If you went to prime, the covers of one, two, three, and four, are all the same, like gray alien head. It's just ones like, like part one's red. Part two is green. Part three is blue. Like they just have a different color. And then it's like ETs among us. And they talk about Antarctica or something like that. And the one I was diving into the other day was a whole bunch of stuff about Antarctica. And that's fascinated me lately. Like the, the, whatever the hell's going on there, whether, the whole flat earth theory has one whole thing, but this one was diving into went into the whole thing with Admiral Byrd and the whole Operation High Jump and them going down there and their armada. And I knew about that, but it went in depth about they took down 25 ships on supposed peaceful expedition to go explore that place. But they took battleships with them right after World War Two, right in the middle right. of the Cold War. Uh, there should be no reason anyone was deployed anywhere. They no. were right in the middle of bringing their boys home. All those moms wanted their kids home. You rebuilt in a fleet out and didn't come home your, with all of them. Yeah. Ships <laughs> got sunk, guys got killed, like yeah. a peaceful expedition. And the guy comes back and says, Oh, yeah, we got chased out of there by things that can fly pole to pole in a few hours. And like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you go down those rabbit holes. It's fascinating shit. Dude, it is. And even uh, before then, 1938, there was a crash in Bulgaria that the Nazis, uh, all this is allegedly. So I'm just not going to say that in front of everything. Bulgaria crashed 1938, and uh, Nazis found it, took it down, took the pieces in two different U-boats down to New Schwabenland yep. in Antarctica and, and found all these lava tubes. And uh, even um, whose grandfather? Klaus Anal Schwab's grandfather, allegedly, yeah. uh, set up a base down there. And so we know what that, um, you know, Nazi wet dreams all up to. But I have a joke about this. So <laughs> Nazis um, went, this is uh, how deep I am in the shit I wrote a joke about this. So Nazis were uh, going down to Antarctica to get whale oil because they said that they had whaled out the North, the Atlantic, right? Or the, the Arctic. Right. So they went down to Atlantic, uh, Antarctica for whale oil. And, uh, the joke is, is that, you know, so one could say that they went down there to become a whale oiled machine, you know, because <laughs> they ran all of their shit on it. Yep. And so this was the cover to get all the pieces down there and everything like that and establish this base again, allegedly. And it's fun as shit. I don't know. But um, then in the late 50s, early 60s, when they were bombing the sky up there, Operation Fishbowl, yeah. like they were shooting shit up in the sky and about 13,000 feet is a reported estimate at that area where they just exploded and they shouldn't have. And they right. hit something, allegedly. Right. So what the fuck is that about? You know, I know. I, know. The flat, I don't know. The flat earth theory falls apart for me. Uh, I've, I've posed a few different things. They make a really good case, I got to say, like. I don't know if let's we're, talk about it. I totally I, want to talk about it. I don't know if we're so much like on a flat earth. I mean, some of the hypothesis that I've heard, like definitely the fact that they were able to sort of map what was there a long time ago makes it kind of fall apart for me because they supposedly have, you know, maps from uh, way before that they, they should have of what the area looks like without an ice cover. So that sort of, uh, that makes it fall apart a, a little bit for me, but the, um, the biggest part is how the entire South Pole stays illuminated for 24 hours 
and then nothing else does the way that the model works out it, the physics of it don't work out because if you got the sun on a model you know you're on a flat plane and you got the sun way over here everything it would all in the middle be illuminated at the same time you know like that's where it falls apart for me but if you picture it you know if we were legitimately like fishbowl type thing like the physics of living on a flat plane just it my brain won't work that way and it could just be the same thing as like you know two-dimensional can't picture three-dimensional three can't picture four or whatever maybe i'm just my brain won't work in the way of trying to picture flat land right um but if you you picture how big some of the planets are in the universe right if how many earths can fit in just the giant red spot on jupiter you know there's like 13 or 14 earths can fit in that that storm on jupiter what if we were just like a little bubble on a gigantic planet and they're just we got this some sort of a, a dome over the top of us to keep us from escaping the zoo until we can learn how to friggin' behave with each other and stop blowing each other up, right? Great questions. All great questions. Uh, can I share my screen? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, listening audience, audio only yeah. audience. I appreciate that. It'll be fun and worth it because I, I have so yeah. many things to say about the flat earth thing because it's so much fun. I love it. And it's so interesting to me. Thank you, my friend. And if, so, you, uh, if you guys are listening to the audio version, if you want to see the video version, it is available on YouTube. Spotify will play the video version and it's also on Rumble. So go check it out. And it's also locally on BNC TV. And you beat me to it. I was going to say audio only audience. Check the link in the show notes for the video version of this. Go check it out. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is one of the most interesting things for me psychologically, and here's why. So what I what I've discovered in this process of perception is is that I'm I'm not 100% by the way certain of what's going on. I will absolutely say that I have no fucking clue what's going on. But what I will say is I know a lot about what's not going on, and I know a lot about when I'm being lied to. Whenever I look at NASA, and we that's a whole nother show, dude. Call me back oh, for it. I'd love yeah. to have it. Uh, whenever we look at NASA and the things that they're presenting, they seem uh, the diplomatic way to say is unaltruistic. And so if we look at things that are being unaltruistic fed to fuck. us, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if, if we look at that and we could say, hey, you know, maybe there's something uh, sus, I believe as the kids say, going on here, then then the question becomes like, what are they hiding, right? Now, that has been a fun rabbit hole to explore because that's been the main thing for me. I know NASA's full of shit in, in, a, in the sense of what they're presenting to the public as real. Now, if it's a real model, but what they can't show us is that whenever they get out of low Earth orbit, it's fucking breakaway civilizations. There's like spaceships. There's all kinds of shit going on out there. They cannot let us know that for whatever reason. There's many, again, rabbit holes that we can go down with this. But again, if it is, they're so adamant about you thinking that way. They put it in movies. They put it in everything. Uh, the universal thing, right? And then, you know, don't even get me started on the Paramount. That's Mount Hermon with the stars that go around it or the yeah. fallen angels. And that's where they corrupted man. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. So with all of that, then uh, you could say that perhaps there's some perception management going on in the arena of what this matrix, this system, the thing in the box uh, that everybody's agreeing to, what that is wanting you to see this place as. And whenever something tells me what to see, that's when I know that there's more to see is right. the way that I'll put this. Okay, so as a thought experiment, I check this out. Now, as far as like the distance across and being able to zoom in on uh, boats and stuff and the curvature over distance, that's absolutely been proven. You can absolutely see that. The only reason they thought that was because their eyes didn't go that far back in the day. So that model uh, persisted from there. Now, another thing is, is yes, I get the helio, uh, the, uh, the ecliptic model as far as the sun floating between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. And I understand this. Now, 
One of the things that may answer what you asked about, and again, this is all thought experiment. I don't plant my flag anywhere. It could be round, it could be flat. And really at its core, if I had to plant my flag, I'd say it's whatever the fuck you want it to be. If you get into a rocket and expect a ball to render under your feet, it will. If you expect there to be extra land, which is what we're going to talk about, there is absolutely that there. It's whatever the hell you want this to be, which is the concept I feel that they, the most, they, air quotes, don't want you to know about mm. is that you are absolutely powerful. The secrets to all of this are right under your nose. And all you need to do is tune out the distortion that we talked about earlier by tending your own garden, going within, all them shits are in there. There's a dope ass, beautiful, beautiful musical symphony of absolute wisdom going on within you. It just can't be heard over the bullshit out there. So as we continue to tune bullshit out, Here's one of the reasons I love flat earth. Now, if we're talking this glass dome thing and we're talking this, this is an idea that Dave Zed and I, are you familiar with Dave, uh, Generation Zed podcast? Yeah, yeah. Love that dude. He stayed like 10 days at our house. We would, you know, uh, smoke pot and um, sit there at the at my uh, table in the living room there and just, I had this huge pad of paper and we would just uh, have different colored pens and we're just drawing what reality is. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> so one of the one of those models though is sort of this idea and it's more of the thought that it's a simulated reality where all where we're one consciousness. You can picture a body laying underneath this thing like a like this is a apparatus that's got projections coming from the outside to simulate a clock like environment and all of these things. And the whole goal here is it's almost like a game or a trip or something to get yourself like if you took you and were able to split you up into a game into however many let's say 144,000 versions of you maybe oh. and let's say that that's what the number is and that everybody else here is just an employee of this place that's facilitating that experience for you to be able to assimilate and come back together so like when I meet you brother you and I are pieces of the whole I know this I, I sense this when we speak and so you and I perhaps are here to beat the game like an escape room or something Right. In a fun way, though, I don't I don't find this to be dire. I find you wanting to be here and that all the things here are orchestrated for you, even though they may seem scary. You're you wanted that, which is an uh, I, I don't mean to say flippantly for those that have th tough times. What I will say is, is that there's an emotional maturity level that come with philosophical conversations, which is what we're having here, a philosophical conversation. That's it. So one of the things and one of the um, uh, deals here that I've really been fascinated by is this concept of okay if they're telling us if what they're telling us is not accurate then why would they want to tell us that perhaps there is extra land out here right now what if this is the case and what if um this is the way that this place actually works and again i'm into the what ifs now all you have to do is say that it's possible that's it uh what am i doing here okay that's what i wanted okay all you have to do is say it's possible that's it and for it to be possible, you just have to say that, yeah, maybe that everything that you're being told here isn't what's going on. And you only need to prove that in a small way. Now, again, we don't need to say this is what's going on, but to to in, invite you to go down the trail of some critical thinking with this, let's just think this through from a funsies perspective. So let's say that this model is more of what's going on and that it's not just sort of a flat uh, encased enclosed thing with some edges and that all the other things in space around, but this is flat and we see those little images and that's meant to discredit and I get that. But let's say that it's something more like this. Now in a resource hungry world and an environment to where commodities, resources, all of those things are so coveted and so interesting, you know, to find out that there's an infinite number perhaps of resources out here the little monkeys in the middle may question what's going on and may say, you know, why are we doing this if there's so much abundance out here? Why don't we just go do that? So if that's perhaps the case, 
again with the model one of these models is this dude there's an infinite number of these but again this infinite plane idea um because there are many many things that folks with their own optics have gone up without a fisheye lens and shown that this place actually is absolutely flat all the way to the horizon as far as you can fucking see no matter how high you go up and i just find that interesting allegedly again one of the pictures uh first pictures taken i believe what was it? It was something like this. It's basically this, that it looks it's flat with an upturned edge. And this dude said this, uh, forget when this was, but there was a picture taken of this. Apologies. This is all on the fly. I didn't know what we were going to talk about here tonight. Another thing is this. This is an old map from, from um, ancient Japan. And this was found. This was an old map. So That's if we're wild. talking about old maps and how you know interesting they are to depict what our reality perhaps really is, then this is one of them. This uh, map is old as shit and it predates all kinds of stuff. So this was printed up in a newspaper as a find. But what they didn't you know, think about was that actually it was showing that there's a fuckload more land out here beyond what we're being told is the earth in which we inhabit. Right. So again, this idea, and I know these kind of things about an enclosed environment, maybe this is an energetic one. You know, uh, Maybe it's not something like this to where there's some floating rock in space. Maybe it's something right. much more like this to where right. there's actual terra firma out there. There's terrain one of the more interesting looks at this would be this terra infinita extraterrestrial worlds and their civilizations i got the book back there but again i didn't know we were going to talk about it so i didn't pull it up what this proposes is perhaps that this place is more like this and that maybe all of the uh aliens and extraterrestrials come from other lands you know extra terrestrial right extra land i've heard that thy hypothesis as well one you can't th- rule it out. That's all I'm saying. The one thing I don't is, feel uh, you can rule it out. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the thing is, you can't rule it out until you're able to go and prove it yourself. And they've basically prevented anybody from doing that. Like you've absolutely go, done that. You can go and land on that little tiny tip of uh, Antarctica and spend dollars to go on a tour to to dance and feed a couple penguins and stuff like that and turn around and come back. Like it's pretty much the extent of what you can do or you can sign yourself up for some really low paying job to go and stay down there for three years at a time, but still you're going to basically be on a base scrubbing toilets and doing whatever little things they can have you do. You're not going to go down there and see what John Kerry saw when he went on his little trip down there recently. Right. A bunch of other political and you know high class elites were able to see on whatever reason they went down there recently. Everybody's had this fascination of going down there over the last five years. Why? It's the question, right? You know, because then you get into reality itself. Again, I don't feel that this place, the, what they're telling you is accurate. Now, again, what this is, I don't know. But what they're saying, this is what this is. I don't believe a fucking word out of their mouth, dude. That's no. just the where, where I am with the they. And we know the they. And I feel, though, that that's okay. their job. I feel that there's no bad guy here. And I feel that they facilitate the most powerful expansion of consciousness opportunity here. And as long as you are in that vein, um, you don't... Uh, when you're done with that, actually, when those lessons are over, just like uh, when you use training wheels for your bike as a kid, you don't need them after a certain amount of time. So therefore, those lessons stop appearing in your life. This is true. I believe, and I will drop a B word there because I fucking mean it, um, uh, that humanity itself as a whole, once this recognized is achieved, that uh, none of the bullshit will be here. It's it's a bullies and victims thing. Bullies only exist because victims exist. And again, there's emotional maturity that comes along with having this conversation, but I truly buh leave that i believe that there's a vacuum and as long as that vacuum is there then it'll be filled and so therefore one would say that all we need to do is remove victimhood and bullies would go away and i truly do believe that so if we remove ignorance by asking questions and we're able to expand our ability to cognitively think differently 
then that is a powerful ex- tool of expansion. Mm. Because even just being able to have a conversation like this, Bubba, is a big deal because of the instant triggers, the fuck yous and all that stuff. And this, by the way, would explain your Southern ability to see the sun. You have another one in this other ring here. There's just one other question answer for it another thing would be that this sun actually reflects like a lens opposite to where it is and so it would go because of the way lens fractation fraction works refraction works yep so people have looked at that i'm not a flat earther i will be honest and say that i know it sounds like i'm making a diehard case for him and i'm like <laughs> how do you fucking not believe and i know it's if. also odd to hear someone, you know, be so passionate about something, but also still go, I don't fucking know. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. This is why you like the show. This is why I'm a magnet for cool people. Because we can talk about this shit, and I'm I'm totally cool. I oh yes, and the fuck out of you, buddy. Let's let's absolutely go for it. <laughs> Just you another know, thing. I go ahead, please. The one the one thing that I don't like is being wrong about something. So that's why I'll never say. Really? Like, yeah, I'll 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 throw this out there, but I'm not the authority you. on it. And people will ask me questions. I'll be like, well, here's my opinion, but I honestly I leave it up for debate. I will, I will debate things till I'm blue in the face just because even if I believe in something, I'll challenge you. Even if we agree with each other, I will challenge you on the opposite side of the belief because I want you to convince me why you feel that way. And I've discovered that about myself over the last few years, just because I've seen so many people stand hard on certain subjects, certain very touchy political or, you know, environmental or whatever subjects, people will stand strong and die on that hill, but they can't tell you why. They'll only tell you that they heard it somewhere and that's why they believe it. They won't tell you the facts that stand behind it. So lately I'll tell someone will say something. I'd be like, well, why you say that? Or I'll bring up the opposite side of the belief and try and challenge it because I want you to convince me why you feel the way you do. Oh, it's not up to you. Um, the, you can, because feelings you can't, can't convey, uh, you can articulate, but you can't convince or convey. So right. that's just an embodiment challenge on their part to be able to interface with their empathy, to see that not everything they're capable of feeling is what's accept what's available as an option of experience. That's just how I feel about it. Right. Um, and so that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But did you recognize it for that? Do you see it that way? Or, or do you see it in a way that you've alchemized into something positive? Yeah, because I want I want them to realize or not that they feel a certain way because it's from articulable facts. There's certain things that have come up that have made people stand on a certain standpoint to believe a certain thing. But so many people will get dogmatic in their beliefs just because they saw it on a favorite news channel or heard somebody regurgitate it. They'll just regurgitate those facts rather than digging deeper into them. So it's either you're going to A, convince me because you learned something in a very factual and articulate way. You've dug into it and now you can present some sort of an opinion based on a vast amount of information that you've thoroughly digested, or you're going to realize that you're standing strong on some hill because it's a pile of bullshit <laughs> and you have no other reason why you're standing on that hill other than the fact that it's the most steaming pile that you were able to stand on for the moment to virtue signal, you know? <laughs> Dude, that is out uh, famously true and famously accurate. And I love the shit out of that. Um, <laughs> just you, your insights. Awesome, man. I, I really dig it. It's, it's something that again, when we look into just perception, I mean, just the fact that so many things can be absolutely, again, this is called dichotomy. I learned it in Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversations with God. 
Had him on the show, episode 25, by the way. Did you really? Massive thing. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, early on in the show. Yeah, before you started listening, dude. So, yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. We almost read that book instead of Oneness, but they're in the process of redoing their website. So, it may come down the line. I hope it does someday. But we were this, this close, but they're redoing a whole lot of their media outreach and stuff like that. So, we almost got that book. Dude, his book, uh, I've that's got it right there. All, it, it is. And so, that's the thing I was going to say is I'll uh, connect you with Donna, uh, his publicist offline. And uh, when you do that, let me know and you have him on to interview, dude. Oh, that would be amazing if you could. Fucking A, dude. Oh, he's a saint. Oh, my God. He's everything he's awesome. that you want more. He's a sweetheart, off camera, everything, dude. So, if anybody out there is like, what's Neil Donald Walsh like? A doll. You can delight. And brilliant. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just sweet. You see it. Anyway, okay. Let me show you uh, a couple more things here. And thanks again for this. I'm having a blast, man. You doing you doing well? Oh, yeah. Cool. This is what really comes to mind whenever I think of perception and what it means to be for dichotomy to exist, which is simply the definition of dichotomy is two contradictory points existing in the same place at the same time, exactly. which is a paradox is what that's called. So uh, these paradoxes exist everywhere all the fucking time. But the system here, the box, the same one yelling at you that this is a ball that you're spinning on and not ever to fucking question it because you're a fool if you do, then they're the ones that tell you that there's only one option and that's it. And that if there's another option that you're choosing out of that one option that's been presented as fact or true or real or you should be choosing, then you're wrong. Now, that's an interesting thing. That sets, like, uh, that sets society up in a very interesting way. Because then you look at things where, where this person is absolutely convinced that they are seeing a nine there, and I would agree with them. Yeah. This person is absolutely convinced they're seeing a six there, and I would agree with them. So why this? Why the yell? Why the argument? And in between this, I would say that there is an intermediary force, and it is a force that is encouraging everyone to see this as what real reality is, mm -hmm. as that there is multiple points that can exist in the same place at the same damn time. Mm -hmm. And that is the job of the ones that make it so just so asserted the other way. They're like, no, 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 this is fucking it. And if you believe the other way, you're uh, racist. Um, yeah. That's just the way I feel about it. Yeah. So this is another interesting perspective on this. And then uh, I just kind of want to uh, say this about this. There have uh, been amazing ancient texts and recordings. We know the flood uh, tablets of Gilgamesh. We know many ancient flood myths. Not only in the Mediterranean, by the way, I know a lot of people say, oh, that was only global flood myths. Uh, this also younger Dryas, um, mm -hmm. Graham Hancock's work. These guys are looking into this 12,500 uh, years ago, 11,500, whatever. So but either way, there's this interesting again, back to the this flat earth model that it doesn't necessarily exclude sort of this um, barrier. OK, now the firmament is what this is talking about. Do you know uh, what's on uh, Von Braun's uh, death? Uh, Headstone. Oh, Werner Ver von Braun. Oh God, what is that? Yeah, there's a. Isn't there a Bible? It's a Bible passage. Yeah, uh, it is. Okay, yes, it's Werner von Braun. It is Psalms nineteen one, right? Is that right? Yep. Okay. Oh, I spelled that great, didn't I? Okay. Um. Where is it? Okay, this is what is on Von Braun, the rocket uh, god, the one that got us all to the moon, allegedly the one with the Saturn V rocket, the fucking Nazi that was torturing and killing people that they brought over here and were like, yeah, he gets a free path disease because he knows some shit about combusting <laughs> stuff. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. 
Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal their knowledge. So the fact that sky rotates and constantly keeps on a cycle is the way that this works. Now, another way to the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands, is another way to interpret that is the firmament right here. This is another interpretation of it. Yep. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Why the fuck does a Nazi scientist have that on his headstone? Like, what is that about? Marsh. It makes zero sense. Okay, yeah. so now that we have the Nazi guy that allegedly got us to space talking about a firmament, perhaps these old ideas of shoal and these columns of earth and that when you get within, there's water below and the waters above. Something to that. This is what NASA wants you to think a star looks like. Whenever you look at stars, <clears throat> if you take a picture of it, maybe with a glint, I'm still not convinced this is, a, is anything, to be honest with you, other than CGI. But when you really look at stars, what they look like is this. Yeah, I've seen these. When you zoom in on them, they have these like strange underwater effects. Like for those who can't see the video version of it, when you actually zoom in on a star with uh, even some of the most sophisticated, um, I'd say consumer telescopes that you can get, like some really expensive stuff that's outside of like what universities and you know NASA has or whatever. Um, it looks like what a, uh, if you looked toward the top of a pool from underwater, if you look toward the surface of a pool, and you looked through like a, a tiny little pinhole, it's it's like basically the undulating portions of like water refract, refracting from the wave tops from underneath. And that's what it looks like when you zoom in on them. It's pretty nuts. Bang on description, dude. That was incredible. Uh, they, yes, it looks like you're looking at it underwater. And this is what's interesting again, back to this shoal idea, this kind of idea that maybe there's something above that is this. And then that would kind of explain resets where they occur to where maybe, you know, by malfunction, maybe by design, maybe by cycle, these gates or whatever, if that's what it is. And again, this is sort of a rudimentary ancient understanding of this, but they knew something was there. The motherfuckers got to the edge and bumped up against something because you think if pole flips do occur, then they would have access to lands that we don't that are frozen over that wouldn't be. So then you can imagine bumping into this damn thing, perhaps in one of the, in the midst of one of these pole shifts, if you survived it. And then you're able to sort of see it in a drier environment. And maybe this is exactly what's going on. I don't know, dude. Again, I think it's interesting. And again, these uh, even uh, the moon has done some interesting stuff, dude. Yeah. Okay, one more, one more. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a floodgate, but I, I guarantee it's something like a toilet bowl flusher. And we're kind of at the point where somebody needs to jiggle the handle a little bit. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's doing it. We're doing it by this conversation right here. This is know, um, how we do it. Uh, you know, Crow Triple Seven. Are you familiar with him? No. Oh my God, you would love Crow, dude. He's amazing. Um, completely off social media, but come on. Um, there is, okay, we're going to have to go to the, okay, check this out. It's been scrubbed, but I know that I can go to TikTok and find it. No problem. Uh, I'm going to find you on TikTok. I think that's one thing I re realized I actually didn't do. Oh, it's over there. Yeah, uh, we had a crazy video. I'll actually show you something cool. We had a crazy video go viral uh, from my... Okay, check this shit out. So this is where the guy zoomed in with his telescope and he actually sees like the surface of the moon ripple like you'd see like in the movie The Matrix. Like there's a... Uh, refresh. A, like a refresh, yeah. Like it, it ripples across like when Neil flexes at the end of the first movie and like the whole, the whole thing just kind of like ripples around him and it's pretty wild. Yeah, and they show it in different wavelengths and stuff like that too. For those who can't see the video version, he's got it zoomed in with his uh, with his commercial telescope, with his uh, or consumer telescope, and 
the moon literally does this like weird refresh thing. Like, I don't know what that could be like other than somebody saying like, that's just a digital glitch in the video or something like that. I've heard people try and debunk it, but there's other people who are like, yeah, it wouldn't look like that, especially through a spectrometer where you're changing the polarities of the picture and everything else. Like these people have dissected this and said that it's definitely not altered and, and couldn't explain how this happened. Which may be another reason that NASA is so full of shit. Maybe the moon is not a place you can go is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's interesting implications when you start thinking of things like that, right? And if that makes you feel triggered or claustrophobic or anything like that, let's take a deep collective breath together. <laughs> oh, it's all going to be okay. And you know why? Because it already is. And you know why else? Because you've got this, dude. This is what's called a choice point in your reality. You could say this dude's full of shit. And that's fine. I have no uh, compunction about being popular or not. But what I will say is I find some interesting things about this place. And I will put them together with some psychology that I've learned through our daddy government that I've been looking at for well over 20 years. I was a raging conspiracy theorist, man. And I'm so grateful I shed that skin. And now I'm found myself in the realms of conspiracy analysts, as Charlie Robinson of macroaggression yeah. calls us. And it's so nice to be able just to sit there and look at it. But that absolutely left the correct taste in my mouth as far as authority goes and that system goes. I'm a, you know, I'm a lover of freedom and it doesn't seem that the way in which it's being orchestrated here by being lied to constantly, which is a gift, by the way, and I'll, I'll talk about that. So uh, I don't feel that that's an altruistic way of orchestrating um, uh, a relationship. And so with that, I find that it's very it's it's led me further in my life to see what they're telling me as the opposite direction to go. And as I've noticed more and more that I make choices in that arena, the quieter the bullshit is and that louder that inner voice of direction becomes. And man, it's beautiful. It's a it's an incredible thing to wake up from the character you've been playing and to realize you were the actor playing the character because mm -hmm. it's a whole different game at that point. And um, it's very interesting. But again, why I why the the cherry on top with this and what I what I find to be so beautiful about this whole damn thing is that, man, if they have to lie like this, if they have to pull things over and be so elaborate with this, it's very obvious in my mind what's going on. And especially the green screening with NASA. Uh, again, what's going that's on to deceive stuff. us? Wild that's, stuff. That's wild how much like the green screen evidence that's come out uh, of why why would they fake any videos of being in the space station? Like, why would they do green screen stuff and fake it? Why? Chinese uh, space station left a full glass of water on a live broadcast sitting right there open. No lid, no nothing. Just a glass they carried in set right there. And it's right there the whole damn time that they're floating in space. You can see them get caught on cables constantly. You can see dropping stuff, um, dropping shit all the time, falling uh, when their cables break or doing a backflip yeah. or something. Yeah, it's it's then the question, you know, why the spectacle? Why? Why fake it? But not even why fake it shittily? Like, have you seen the um, Falcon 9 rocket with the mouse running across yeah. the thing? Okay. Like, what is going on with that? Why? It, in my that. mind, I'll, I'll tell you. It, well, well, I won't tell you what's going on, but I'll tell you what I think. Uh, what I feel about it is it's meant to be that obvious so that you go, fuck this. Like, it's meant to be that obvious. You could see the politicians now standing there with the obvious line from the mask. The dudes don't even look the same. Speech to speech to speech. They're different fucking people. It's meant to be that obvious. If anybody looked at the White House whenever, what's his name, the, the current puppet was uh, inaugurated or whatever, he's in the White House giving speeches, the backgrounds, the wallpaper, the outside, everything is completely different and it's a yeah. set. But they're telling you that they're in the White House. So what is, instead of like, and again, 
where I'm at with this dude is not being pissed that it's being done. I'm not like, oh God, they're lying. Can you believe? And then getting in a getting in a, a commiserating echo chamber of can you believe? I'm a solutions based individual, dude. This is where I'm at with this. I've transcended the what the fuck and been like, okay, yeah, that's yes, but it's over there. Like I'm not playing in that. We're not we're not doing that. We're over here now and we're moving forward. There's a great mantra. I choose the happiness of this moment over the pain of the past any damn time. And with that, you move on and you just move on. And it is that simple. If you're sitting there going, it can't be that simple. It's that fucking simple. It is. It, it's just one of these things to where really the biggest thing. And, and if you want sort of a woo woo way that I absolutely enjoy looking at this place is it's just like it's a loose farm. Now, I know that the word farm is kind of like, uh, but man, I've been looking a lot and do parasites in your body, uh, comets coming through <clears throat> some of these conversations. I've been having comets coming through with ancient water, water that's never been introduced to this planet with ancient DNA on it because water holds the memory of everything. Yeah. One drop of water on this planet holds the memory of the entire history of this place, allegedly. So again, these comets coming through your uh, biology, maybe ET is in your gut. Maybe the gods and goddesses are actually your microbiome in your gut. Because if you think about it, you're a big Voltron character for about 75 trillion cells that are all just doing their damnedest to make sure that you stay in that form and can walk around and eat Cheetos and shit. <laughs> so it's, it's just fascinating to me when you really break down what's going on in you. And then on a cellular level as well, these just different... Uh, entities, these different colonies of things that uh, all communicate in fascinating ways between you. And it's all the system within you. Like uh, if you were to zoom in, you think it's some foreign alien planet or something like that. When you look at the chemical signatures and again, what your RAS is capable of and all these bundles and neurons and how your neurons rewrite themselves by based on patterns and repetition. And so nothing's off the charts as far as even freaky woo woo. You don't have to go there with it. But if we are to stick with the freaky woo woo, because it's fun, then let's say that all those things that get you riled up, get you excited, get you constantly talking about the problems that are here rather than being a vibrational match for the opportunities and seeing that instead, those are the things that perhaps are the parasites. They're the ones feeding off of your low disposition and your right. not give a shit and your abuse to your spouse or you're like rather sit and yell at a TV for hours instead of take your kid fishing or to a waterfall or something, right? They're perhaps, I'm just offering a uh, perception here, maybe there's a system that benefits from that. And if you want to even entertain it a little further, perhaps let's say like, what does unplugging from that system for 20 days look like? 21 days, let's say, just for shits and gigs. Let's say 23 days. In 2023, you unplug from uh, news. And then you'll, perhaps, I can already hear, well, how am I going to know what's going on? Hopefully you fucking won't. Um, you know, there's a wonderful. You don't if you watch the news. <laughs> there's a wonderful Mark Twain quote. Now his uh, was a little more period specific specific rather but it was that uh those who read the newspaper are misinformed and those who don't read the newspaper are uninformed well right. to that what what i'm hearing here is is that i'm not being lied to constantly and then i'm able to make my own decisions and i'm able to see the things that are going on unplug from them and unsubscribe from them as it were withdraw my energy and then invested in the things that i truly wish to which is my future uh what my wife and i are doing tending my garden you know, uh, if you get caught up in a spiral with something, I've got a great tip for you. Go clean out your closet. Go clean out your garage. Mm -hmm. Go clean out that drawer in your kitchen with the scissors and the batteries and all that kind of shit and get it organized. Like there are so many things to tend your own garden. And when you start doing even the smallest, simplest little fucking thing like cleaning out a closet, it is the silliest pattern interruption to the program ever because the program wants you to 
hoard, fill that closet up. No, no, no. What are you doing? You're, you're taking time to do inventory on things you perhaps are going to free yourself from, but I'd rather you just consume and keep those things and be sitting on the TV rather than going through these things, right? So you can already hear the program get upset that it's not getting your energy. Now, it'll go through this resistance period in my experience, and then it's gone, and it is absolute vapor. Now, there's a great parable, I'm sure you've heard it, of a son and a grandson and a grandfather sitting there, and two wolves are there, and they're watching these two wolves. One is named love, one is named fear. The grandson asks the grandfather, which one grows? And the grandfather, of course, says, whichever one you feed. So if you're not feeding the fear, it's not growing. The only reason it's out there and attempting to scare the shit out of you, which you can't prove any of that shit that's going on on TV is happening at all. That's going to be the biggest eye opener for you is when you realize the tech they have, how long they've been faking it, look up crisis actors, oh, yeah. and it's going to hit you in the gut when you see how, many, how much you've emotionally invested into things that never fucking happen. Yep. Think about just the alien stuff that's going on now. I mean, we just just in the last couple of days, this guy, um, David Grush, has come out and and as another whistleblower, and he's come out and talked about like again the the crashed craft the crashed crafts um that are not of human origin and stuff like that. And it's like so many of us who've already dove into this stuff. I mean, I've known since like the 90s that the things were out there. Like they they're talking about the alien autopsy video again. And that the guy who um, said that he faked it, how much he actually got threatened by the CIA to basically say, hey, you need to say that you faked this whole video. But people who are researchers now who have actually dug back into that whole thing, you know what I'm talking about, the black and yeah. white and autopsy with the burnt leg and stuff, um, dissecting that video, not the alien, but the actual dissecting of the video and there's too much stuff on there that there was no way they were capable of faking a video like that back then. They were like, no, it's more likely than not that that was actually something that was real. And it's like, how much, how many people were killed? How many people were ridiculed? Their lives either taken or ruined because of something that right now, the powers that be, quote unquote, um, they're pushing an agenda to expose that it's actually going on. And it's like, why all of a sudden? But it's like, how can anybody stand on any standpoint anymore, especially from a mainstream media who ridiculed and made fun of people? Like, I'm not just talking news outlets like CNN and Fox. I'm talking across the board. How many people were ridiculed for even talking about aliens? I mean, you could do it right now. People who might tune into this show, who might be flipping through the channels and see me on TV for a minute and stop. And they're like, oh, you guys talking about freaking aliens again. Jesus Christ. You know, it's awesome. Like could be future humans from time uh, time machines. Exactly. Great. You know, they're going to be like, wait a minute. They didn't believe in aliens back then. How stupid were they? Um, but yeah, yeah, people still to this day, just like they still can't accept the fact that that we're likely not alone. There's a high likelihood that we're absolutely not. There's not just one other civilization than us. It's, it's almost like virtually impossible that it could be true. So um, it, it, just how anybody can stand on a certain standpoint that firm and ridicule anybody anymore for anything is just something that I guess I can't comprehend anymore. You know, like I just can't understand the, the hatred and the tribalism that's gone out there just because of how much I can see the manipulation that has happened on so many different levels that I could never dislike or disagree with somebody so much that I personally don't like them anymore. Other than the fact that they're feeding that wolf of fear and trying to get other people to feed that wolf as well. I think that's the only thing that actually makes me want to disengage and actually want to, I guess, do battle with somebody in a debate or, you know, fight against them in that kind of an energy is 
watching them do something that is harmful. I think it's one of the most harmful things that can happen in this world is creating more division. Mm. We're going to alchemize what you just said. There's no fight or battle. I'm going to offer a perception of that you're representing the light. And, and through that, you would do it love and grace, which doesn't need to be triggered by the reading level at which that debate wants to be held at. Let me elaborate on that. The the way that I sort of see this place is a ride, it's anything, it's all of those things. But one model I've used to explain it is sort of a school. Now, if we take the American model of school for uh, overseas audience here, we get a kindergarten through 12th grade, okay? So about 13 years worth of just, here you go, indoctrination, as it were. Now, in that time period, we could then say that when you were a kindergartner, you did not know shit. Uh, you didn't know anything, but you were playing with butterflies and you were having a good time. This system sort of has a reading level kind of compass. It, it, it would like for you to operate in the lower chakras if we want to put it there. But let's just say like maybe under middle school. They want you to be at an under middle school reading level. They want you to be in an under middle school ability to handle your emotions. They want you to be in an under school uh, middle uh, age ability to raise a family and to be independent, which means that they don't want you to be. There's a lot of dependence wrapped up in there. There's a lot of noise and distraction, a lot of frustration, a lot of focus on alcohol and sex and things like that. Uh, a lot of um, just options of experience in that way. And through those first few years, if you want to call them lifetimes, you can do all of this many lifetimes. Uh, you can skip around grade levels as you go through this. Uh, but if you look at this in sort of a linear fashion in the model that we're just articulating here for a metaphor, then one could say that as we get closer to 12th grade, we realize that there are people in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and all of them are all here with us. And they're all running around. Some of them, a lot of them in those lower grade levels, let's say, perhaps maybe positions of authority at your workplace. And you recognize that and you can see it, but you perhaps still are playing a game here. And even at that level, then your question becomes is, do you drop down from your 11th grade position, let's say, to the fifth grade position where this guy can barely meet you at from his third grade position and have a civil conversation in an arena. Also think about the audience that's there to hear that third grade conversation, okay? They're, that audience is ready for someone to be wrong and someone to be right. And so walking into that, you know that there's no fight there because the fight's already been eliminated. The mm -hmm. only fight there, the only one you're ever competing with is you. I, I feel that you have two people to impress here, your five-year-old version of you and your 85 version of you, and that's it. Everything else in between is just expression, options of experience and unhealed versions of you. Again, the only reason you're in the room is to heal the room. You're only in the room to heal the room. <clears throat> so if you take yourself up on that opportunity, then you wouldn't view it as a fight. You would view it as just you being able to stand there and heal the room from your perspective of light. And in that, you know from that being of light that you don't need to come down to a fifth grade level. All you need to do is to be there and hold the light because that fifth grader is going to rant and scream and do what fifth graders do and throw tantrums. And your stoic ass isn't going to respond to that because it's not necessary for you to go there. Now, what's seen in that moment is not a victory for one or a failure for another. It's feedback. I don't believe in failure. I, d I just believe in feedback. So what's occurred there in my mind, again, is that the opportunity for folks to see to really see what this looks like. You may not even have a perspective of the grade levels metaphor or whatever, but even in that, you're able to look at things. There's another wonderful quote um, that uh, I think is Ben Franklin, but he said, uh, never argue with a crazy person. People watching might not know the difference. Yeah. And what that means is, is they're not going to be able to identify your 11th grade ass if you're down here yelling at a fifth, year, fifth grader. You've got to get on your knees to yell at them from this spiritual perspective, right? 
Right. And uh, there's another great quote I've got here. Be strong enough to be gentle. Mm-hmm. And that one is one of the more tricky ones to embody because of what it means. It means that you'd rather be alive than right. It means that you understand that there are people and unhealed versions of you, which is what you're presented with. And there are things in you to get you to respond because what you're being presented with in physical form in front of you, perhaps one of these ideas goes, so I entertain it, would be that maybe that's a part of you that needs you to heal it. Because what's fascinating about this concept as well, even from linear stretch time, if we're if our time here can be summed up in just little images, right? Snapshots that are then flipped together like a flipbook or something, then where you are now, this page of your flipbook, you are the best fucking guide for any version of you behind you. This is where you line everyone up and do your ancestor healing. This is when you line all your literal ducks in a row because all of your ducks are you. And it's a fascinating thing that when you get that lined up, you it's it's obvious. You don't you don't need to say, here's what I am and here's what I'm doing and all of those things. But plus, again, that observation of people just being able to sit there and witness what an interaction like that would look like minus the trigger and the salacism, uh, sensationalism and all of those types of things. That is what um, I'm looking forward to behold. Mm. That was awesome, man. That was like one of the most well put ways to look at the the ways that conflict can actually work out with against work out against other people. Um, the the whole being strong enough to be gentle is something that I've definitely embodied over the years. There was something to that effect on like the wall of a dojo that I used to go to and and got into like martial arts and boxing and stuff like that on. And it's, it was always like a concept that was always embodied in that. It's like, you could, you're going to be taught the skill, but you ever use it to do some harm on someone unnecessarily, then um, you're going to be in trouble. Like, right. Right. That's, that's and I feel cool. that in you. The strong enough to be gentle. I knew that and it's taped right here, dude. Um, I uh, have these things taped all over the place, but this is the one that, um, there you go. And <laughs> it's it's one of these things to where uh, it I can tell you embody it. And I knew that that would resonate with you. So yeah. it's, it's something I knew that would drive the metaphor home even more because you understand that it's not about compromising your boundaries, right? We have boundaries when necessary, but can be flexible when appropriate. And it's not compromising any of your boundaries to have a conversation or to hold space for someone that doesn't understand what's going on. Because really, if you look at this huge thing, yes, we have hopped on the wave of ascension and we are here and it's not fucking easy, even for us. And we know what's going on. What we, we have a better idea of how to ride the wave. I will put mm-hmm. it that way. But there are people here being tossed by the surf that like my mom and dad, like these people who just don't understand the feelings that they're having that conflict the beliefs because everyone's being dialed up internally, spiritually. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing the triggers come up from it. It's almost like Gaia slipped everybody acid. And the people waking up in spiritual ascension are the only psychonauts here who have ever done acid and that know what to expect. Right. The other people have no idea what's happening and they're tripping balls. Yeah. And it feels like that. So again, this is where I feel the grace at this time has never been more important. For my uh, warrior folks out there, I am a Texan. I am a landowner. I know how to protect myself. So what I'm talking about here is not a passivity standing in front of a tank, okay? Uh, you'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Absolutely. Get your shit together and then take it easy because there's no fight to be. The fight's right here every goddamn time. But there is a physical preparedness and a mental preparedness that you gain confidence from by going through the process of. That is just being familiar with how to be a sovereign human being. And that achievement alone that's what gives you the most power here is realizing mm-hmm. that you don't need anyone else. 
Yeah, the battleground is of the mind right now. I feel like that has been there. It's been it's been going on for so long, but it's been a big one ever since, you know, the last three years or so. It's it's and it's getting obvious. And I remember along the journey, it's one of those things I wish I would have saved because I can't remember where it actually came from. But they talked about how in some of the times where there's going to be like throws of desperation from uh, you know, darker side, let's say. Mm-hmm that the avalanche of knowledge is just going to bury them pretty much. And then in the times that the acceleration just gets so much faster and faster that it's just going to be something that they can't basically overcome anymore. And there are more people just unbelievably waking up people that I thought I would never actually see it out of. And I have to be, I guess I'm a little bit uh, proud Papa bear of the fact that like there were some people who, I didn't think would ever actually wake up who I thought were going to like snicker and look at what I'm doing with this podcast. I mean, you got to remember the world that I came from. A lot of people are like, damn, this dude has gone off the rails. He took way too many hits to the head back in the day. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing in his retired years from, from doing, not doing law enforcement stuff anymore, but um, I know a lot of people that I thought were going to be the most judgmental are now into the stuff that I'm into. And then on the flip side, I'm starting to hear about things that they're doing like Reiki and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you're doing Reiki? Are you for real? Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> I barely dove into Reiki. And now all of a sudden, like you're, you're somebody who I didn't think would even listen to what I'm doing. And you can tell the certain people who will drop hints. They don't want to straight up say like, hey, I'm following what you're doing, but you know, they are. And it's like, if anything, whether you are, whether you're not, wherever you're getting the knowledge from, wherever you're expanding your reality from. Come on. Yep. It's uh it's it's a great thing to see just because you want to see people waking up. You don't want to see people going through the growth pains that you were just speaking about. That some people are gonna have a really hard time if spaceships start showing up in the sky in, in plain open daylight, or whenever they start Project Blue Beam or their false flag alien invasion thing that they're gonna try and push on the public. But whenever that stuff starts to to, to go up, people are gonna freak out. If if something like that ever does happen, whether it's real or not, there's people who aren't gonna be able to handle that kind of stuff. And they can't handle some of the information that we talk about. I mean, even when it comes to concepts of consciousness, uh, the potentials of reincarnation. I've had these debates with people recently. It's just, it's just kind of like, well, if you can't potentially accept the, if you can't accept the potential of those things even being out there, then what other things in life can you really not accept people's beliefs and everything else? It's just, it, it, I guess I just can't comprehend how people can go that way on the same token that I can't understand how people can be racist and be other things as well. You know what I'm saying? It's an outdated model, and at its core, I feel that the racism and all those things are pushed from the narrative, from the matrix. It's not a thing. I live in fucking Texas, dude. It's not a thing I've found. It's it's a raised around environment thing with any nationality, any race, anybody, by the way. Anyone can be of this ilk, and it is a learned action. Mm. And so we just simply quit feeding that wolf. We quit feeding that. And that is one of the biggest ones of fear. It's easy to spot anything that says you should this because of that. Look at the narrative and how they're pushing all of it. Now, there are so many rabbit holes we can go down with this. But if you just look at it on the surface level and remove the emotion from it, which is one of the things that's uh, that was challenging before. But what I find people are being able to stomach more because, again, there's something happening with all of us, all of us. And as people are able to receive this more this information, they are able to sort of for even a moment look at it and go, you know, ah, oh, that didn't. I'm so grateful I know this, and then they're gonna perhaps get yanked right back into it, and yell, and then be caught up in all of this stuff. But God, it's a gift. It's an absolute gift to be able to sh- be shown these things 
and to be able to remove yourself emotionally from them, see them for just what they are. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, pause the role that you're playing as the actor. Remember you're the actor. Step out observer mode. Look around at the scene and go, holy shit, this is all just a game, huh? This is all just a bunch of make ups. And actually, I could just go do something else, like anything else that I want yeah. and and be actually happy. Like that is a choice people are realizing that is available to them in droves. One thing I do want to point out here as well, and I'm just going to share screen again. I'm sharing the shit out of this screen, audio, audience. Y'all go check it out. Imagine the abstract idea that you just said, though, that people actually have the choice to be happy. Can you imagine that, people? You have the choice to be happy or not. Can you imagine that? Oh, we're going to get to RAS. I've still got it written down. Um, <laughs> I know. I don't want uh, this one to run too long. You and I have a million conversations to have, but oh, let me, uh, I'm going to do the cymatics for just a minute. So cymatics is fascinating. This is the pattern to where basically what's occurring here is that granules of salt or particula silica, something like that, are sprinkled over a metal plate that is affixed to a speaker underneath that produces a single tone. So you have like an F, a middle F, something like that. Uh, for They rated, uh, measure it rather in hertz and those type of frequency specific things. And what's revealed on that when that single tone is uttered is this pattern. You know, you get this uh, these granules. All you do is sprinkle a bunch of salt and shit over a uh, plate and as you could see here for the video audience it is uh, emitting different patterns that are reflective of the tone that you're playing now what i feel occurred is in 2020 there's just another metaphor i use 2020 uh we had a, a specific pattern let's say gaia the earth was resonating at a specific frequency and then all this suddenly something the sun changed which i'm going to get back to as well as the vibe change we everyone just sort of uh, not everyone things just changed and we could feel it now, what I've compared this to is us changing tones on that speaker, sticking with the metaphor, that perhaps what happened is the beautiful pattern that we had that was all awesome and beautiful was great, but it changed. Something changed. Gaia, uh, maybe it's a cycle thing. Maybe it's an evolutionary thing. Who knows? But something changed. And we are on our way to a new pattern. Now, zoomed in here on the video, you can see granules as they go from one pattern to another to display another all of those are just independent, individuated pieces of sand. One could say souls on a planet. One could say entities in a realm. And as that realm vibrates, it has an effect on the entities here, just as our temperature, our weather, the Schumann resonance, which is what the Earth actually vibrates at. All of those things have an effect on your biological body that is tuned to this realm. With that, it feels that whenever that happens, those granules, as they're just going in formation to naturally go towards their new pattern because that's all this is, is a shift. They bump into one another and it does look chaotic because the beauty of something ordered and structured is removed for chaos. But then once all of that chaos is over, just like a marching band going in between each other, a new pattern emerges and it's more beautiful and higher in frequency than the last. But as you can see, for some granules, they go in a pretty ordered way. For some, it's pretty chaotic and they bounce all around and some fall off the goddamn plate. This is just another sort of example and metaphor about what I feel we're experiencing right now and why you can have some grace with this. We're just bumping up against each other here as we're reassessing and reassimilating into our higher, greater, grander, grander version of who we all are as entities, as a collective, as those not as individuated pieces, but as that group of sand, as that as that gathering, as that cluster. And that I find absolutely fascinating. One of the things to this that perhaps could be in this as well would be that the sun has changed or is changing or something. It definitely feels like uh, the sun is different. Do you feel this? Did you? Uh, oh, absolutely. 
from when you were a kid? What was, what do you feel is the difference? There is definitely a strength. You can feel the actual strength of the sun rays. Like you can feel the hotness of it. Like even in the middle of the winter, if you're out, I mean, up here in new England, it's awful in the middle of the winter. It can get freezing cold on a day where it's 10 degrees out, but the sun would be outside. If there was no wind, you could go stand outside a 10 degree day, as long as there was no wind and be warm in the sun. Like I don't ever remember that. And whenever it snows, the snow's gone. A foot of snow will fall and it's gone. Even if it's cold outside, there's definitely a strength and frequency change in the way that the sun is moving. And I'll tell you something else about after, you know, let you go on whatever you were going to make your point on. I'll tell you something else about the sun after. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll bring you back to it. My man, I love this. Uh, so what it feels like perhaps is happening is that yes, the sun has changed. I remember it being a little less harsh, a little warmer, a little yellower when yeah. I was a kid. And that wasn't that long ago. And then now it's much harsher, like you said, brighter, more intense, I would say. I don't know about harsh. Maybe that's just the way we're perceiving it now because we're upgrading to be able to receive that. But it seems that it corresponded pretty interestingly with, again, sort of this kickoff, this new frequency here. Now, what happens with additional light in a dark space? It shines light and all the fucking shadows start scurrying which is perhaps what we're seeing here with all of the air quotes lizard turds sort of really going for it now, you know, really going for it is because there's nowhere else to hide there. Yeah. And by that, it's it's a literal manifestation, but also it's a metaphorical one in the sense that we can't be bullshitted anymore. Like we're we're done with that as a collective. Uh, for the most part, there's still some granules, you know, getting in line, but um, finding their place in, in this place. But really, it feels like uh, ayahuasca did this for me. But on a grand scale, it seems like you, you've you already come to this awareness and didn't need ayahuasca to facilitate that for you. I can't bullshit myself. And yeah. so within that, I'm unable then to participate in bullshit and nonsense. And it's in a sweet way. I've got tact more than anyone you ever meet. Uh, Winston Churchill had a wonderful quote about tact. Tact is the ability to tell someone to go to hell in such a way to where they look forward to the journey. <laughs> And to that, you can say, you know, knows a complete sentence, all of those things. I have no problem. I have a big do no harm, but take no shit policy. Okay. My wife even has a uh, have a shirt that reads it. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this as well would be, you know, and this is I'm going to touch on it, but it's a whole nother thing that you and I can get into on the next one. Um, but with walk ins. So this concept of that, perhaps, again, maybe all of the bodies here uh some of them may be on sort of like an autopilot, like a Mr. Smith thing within the matrix. And again, we're going to step into emotional maturity level here and go philosophical with this. It's just a funsies what if. So let's say what if maybe all the people here aren't real. And if you were to look around at this place and say, well, how, what metric would I use to determine that? Perhaps you could ask yourself, have you ever seen your neighbor bring their groceries in? And if the answer to that question is no, then you might wonder why that is. And now you may say, oh, no, 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 I've got this one guy lives across the street. We talk all the time. I've seen him. I've carried, I helped him carry his groceries in. But that is a main character in your story that is very different. And you will look around and see this as well. So one of the interesting things to this is what I, one of the ideas I entertain here as a possibility would be that maybe, again, these bodies running around, these vessels are just that. They're vessels. I have had walk-in experiences with my higher self I had one yesterday, uh, today, this morning. I'm a different person than I was when I went to bed last night. Mm -hmm. I'm a higher version of myself, a greater, grander physical version of myself. But you tune your body, your frequency, your vehicle to be able to be a host for the greatest, greatest version of yourself. And that's right. honestly what I feel all this is about. You're in a real low state. You're going to call in that lowest state of you that can barely do anything and that's operating out of that subconscious 100% of the time. That's automated. Let's just get through this shit. 
but it's when you dig deeper and really figure that out that you find that actually you can take the wheel of this and that you don't have to put it on autopilot, you know, which is what operating from that subconscious is. Now, if we say that perhaps we've been operating in 100 years or so at a lower capacity of what self could be represented in physical form here in the form of occupying bodies, then one could say that that would be the result that we see with an imbalance, right? Mm -hmm. But let's say perhaps that maybe what is occurring that when the sun kicked on 2020, Pluto return, all these wonderful things, what may be happening is these physical avatars are being now inhabited at breakneck speed with actual entities who are here to help and wake up and move forward and hold light. So it feels that there's been a shift of light, the percentage of light. Like you, uh, I speak to a lot of folks who are just waking up or going through this process, and some of them have confessingly said, I do not remember two years from two years ago on my entire life. I have no fucking memory of it. And two years ago is when they had some crazy experience that then they had a spiritual awakening that now they're a participatory participatory member of this environment and of their life. It's beforehand. When you're running on autopilot, there's no one behind the wheel, really. And we see this with NPCs, as they're called lovingly, perhaps in your environment all the time. Now, again, maybe that those bodies were walking around as placeholders for the time of Aquarius, this age of ascension, whatever, and now... The physical vessels are here, tuned and ready, charged up by the sun to be vessels for these higher beings who are now here to walk the earth and to be of service. Maybe. Mm. It's a fun thing I entertain. But then again, this would be sort of the idea of your folks that you didn't expect that would like the information you're presenting or what you talk about or what you embody now. It right. was a surprise to you based on your old paradigm of them. But maybe... It, did they change their mind or were they a vessel to where they got in the right opportunity to where a higher version of them walked in with some awareness that then was able to shine some light on things, right? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I viewed, it's, a, it's an amazing standpoint. I've never actually viewed it from that perspective. And that's that's an interesting thing that I'm now going to ponder because you, know, you, you come across certain people and you look them in the eye sometimes and you can just you can tell something's just not right. It's not, they're just not there. You know, you can't have conversations anywhere near remotely as complicated as what we're talking about here. You know, it's what, what show was on, what was on the news, what game was played and stuff like that. And no judgment toward those people, but it's just, there's, there's just certain levels of conversation that you just can and cannot have with different people. And it's what I've seen the shift of though, is it's those people who are again, you know, having those conversations all of a sudden, and it's like, they're listening to things that you would never expect them to. So that's a great, that's a great way that I'm going to now have to view them. And that's a whole shift in perspective for me. Um, you know, and the, the way I've always done, basically described a way of how a shift in perspective, like that singular thing, a more common way of doing it. And I talked about this early on in the podcast, and I love this analogy is when you look at Monet's paintings, were you, are you very familiar with the life of Claude Monet? No, not uh, not as much as you are. So I got this from my whole museum world time that I spent doing things in museums. But that Claude Monet, if you look at his early paintings, they're very detailed, very ornate, very, uh, you know, his impressionist painter where he used small spots of color to paint you know, almost not quite mosaic, but it's an impressionist painting. So they were very, very bright and vivid color landscapes of people back in the day with their big ornate dresses and their umbrellas and the top hats and everything else. As the years went on, his paintings became a bit more drab. They were very washed out. They were very purple and grays. And he'd paint, you know, a swamp at sunset with a bridge going over it, but very washed out, you know, very blurry, not as detailed and vivid as they were early on. 
And then there were certain paintings where he'd, you know, maybe paint a house and it would be in this very bright red color spectrum. And then he'd paint the same exact painting, but in a very bright blue color spectrum. When you look at all those paintings, you'd be like, wow, his paintings just kind of went from really good to pretty washed out to the, just like, why is it all blue? Why is it all red? You know? Well, when you learn that he had cataracts and he had major surgery on his eyes, he actually started to lose his vision. So that's why those paintings mm. were washed out. And then when he had his surgery, it got botched. So when he would paint something, he'd cover one eye and he would see a color spectrum in one sense. And then he would cover the other eye and paint the same painting again in the other color spectrum that he saw with the other eye. So now whenever you look at Monet's paintings, you will never, ever see them the same way you'll look at something and be like, oh, that's a Monet painting. And that must've been when he was younger. That must've been when he started losing his vision. And that must've been after his surgery. So wow. your perception will never be the same when you look at Monet's paintings. And now, whenever I look at these people who I would be like, I would always look at them if they couldn't hang in conversation that they were just, I don't know, I guess, lesser evolved. And, and not in a sense where that seems really derogatory. I would look at it in a sense that I feel like everybody comes here, they come to earth school, they have to keep on learning. And some of us have already done this a bunch of times. Some of the people who are here who you know maybe aren't picking up the ball so quickly are younger souls, or they just keep on coming here and they're not learning the lesson. They're coming here, they're smoking and drinking themselves to death. They're going to go back to the grave and they're going to have to do this stuff all over again. I look at some of the older people that I've seen in my life and it's like, man, they just aren't getting it. They're going to be coming back to repeat this lesson over again. They're just not learning much in this lifetime. But again, what you've, what you've sort of put that, that maybe that person is just a placeholder rather than being judgmental of the fact that they're not learning anything or unevolved. It's a completely different way to look at that perspective. So you have now changed my view of looking at those people in a whole different way. I'll never be able to see them the same way again. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. And one thing to keep in mind here is it's, um, it's also not dick uh, because it's not about like going, Oh, well, that's just a robot. That's not a real person. I just go run around stabbing everybody and everybody just goes back to having, yeah, um, it's, it's not that. And again, there's an emotional maturity that comes along with this. And I'm grateful your audience possesses this. So I don't mean to keep bringing yeah. it up, but, uh, it, it is interesting when you start thinking about those things and now to one up it then would be, uh, the solipsism. Have you ever heard of that metaphysical mm -hmm. solipsism? No. Solipsism is the idea that you're it. You're the only one here. And this has been something that's been tripping me the fuck out lately. Not only to the idea that, um, you know, when I look at you, you're me and all of those things and also to all of the NPCs. And this comes along with this like savior thing. Like, I don't believe that I'm here to fulfill anyone's karma. I'm not here to save anyone. No one's coming to save you, by the way, anyone listening to this. It's up to you to do that. But the best news is, is you never needed to be saved. That's also an install from the program. But whenever I think of these things as like NPCs or something like that, I still thank like um, the automated phone systems and stuff, because it's not about like that or your perception of what you're able to get away with because it's less than or not human. So therefore, right, it's got nothing to do with that. It's I'm reminded because it's all about you and how you present yourself and what you're able to do and interact with. Because if this is all you or this is, let's say, a program that responds as if it's all you, then maybe there would be some elements here that are just meant to challenge you. And in that way, then you're not responsible for changing them. Like you're not responsible for getting out of the ride at Disney World and changing the two pirates around on the it's a small world or something like that. That's not your job. You're not your job is not to facilitate how the ride operates. Your job is to get through it with peace in mind, hone your discernment and stay on your focus path for your mission. I feel with that comes again a lot of fucking bombardment with distraction in the form of what we would call other creatures here, other entities, other humans, things like that. But if you were to look at it, perhaps, 
again, and just maybe entertain that for just half a second, then you could say perhaps that uh, that is an option of experience, but your feedback is noted and logged in some sort of database that will send you other entities in your experience that are a step up or a step back vibrationally from wherever you are right now, right? To either challenge, it's always going to challenge you probably, but either way, it's an opportunity to be a greater grander. So if you look at it that way, then again, this solipsism idea goes that you're it, that you're all of these creatures. Now, there's an awesome video on YouTube, and I've quoted it tons. It's a seven-minute long, seven and some change, and it's called The Egg, E-G-G, just The Egg. It goes with the solipsism model, but what it talks about is that basically there's a, a guide, which is a god, and then you, and then you and God are the only ones here on this place, but you're it. Like, God's just kind of here with you. But you are all the creatures here in every lifetime. You've done everything horrible. You've raped, you've killed, you've murdered, but you've been raped, you've been murdered, right? So all of those things you're constantly doing to yourself, which stresses me the fuck out if I'm honest. <laughs> because it tells me that there, we got a long way to go, right? As far as that goes. Now, if you fully embody in that, again, perhaps it's another option experience that you can be overwhelmed in this place by a responsibility to heal yourself on some spiritual level. Maybe it's just, again, another level of a psyop that stretches beyond the, the confines of this zero to death birth thing that we life thing that we have going. So if you look at it like that, uh, then perhaps, you know, and what's really kind of tripped me out lately is like, maybe your reality ends right here, right, right here. Like as far as you can reach your arm out in any direction, let's say the Vitruvian man, for instance, maybe that's all reality actually is. And let's right. say that maybe your arms and shit like that, you don't even need you know, back to that brain in a vat type idea where you're just being fed information because this is the way, if you go down the simulation thing, uh, and I know we're talking over big things here real quickly, but <laughs> if you go back to the simulation deal, then, um, you know, this idea that it would need to be huge and massive in a planet-sized to run, planet-sized computer to run the thing, to simulate all of these things, maybe. Uh, but again, you know, that's Nick Bostrom's idea of what a physical simulation would need to look like from our perspective if we right. wanted to build one. But what I would say is that it doesn't need to be that complex. Therefore, it doesn't need to be that far out of reach. All you'd really need to do is to be the absolute shit at being able to apprehend the perspective of the occupant. That's it. You can simulate vastness with an environment. You could simulate that you're standing on the edge of a Grand Canyon. You could simulate that other people are here with you that you're talking to. Maybe. I'm just saying it's a... It's a possibility is all I'm saying. Mm. It's one of those unfalsifiables. You know what I'm saying? Unprovable, yeah. but unfalsifiable for the moment. So it's kind of where I find myself with it. And I uh, think that it's all very interesting just to just to ponder. But again, it, it opens you up to think that maybe, you know, there's more to this place and that there's maybe more that you can have available to you as far as an experience goes. And, and if you really don't limit yourself, especially with what you're able to just sit within your noodle and contemplate for funsies, then um, this is an incredibly cool place and yeah. you're an incredibly powerful motherfucker. See, this is what I was hoping to dive into in this episode, guys. Like <laughs> this is, this is what I was talking about in the beginning when the stuff that's inside this guy's head can come out. And this is what's there. So it's, have me back anytime, dude. This is oh, a this, blast. This Here's is awesome. Treasure. Yeah. The thing like I, the, the, Theories of simulation and, and stuff like that, I, I don't know where to go. All of it's a, an awesome concept to ponder. The the thing that I can say to anybody who would be a naysayer to some of this stuff and be like, man, the stuff's out there. If you if you don't ponder these kinds of things, if you don't ponder simulation theory, what Brandon's talking about, if you don't ponder the fact that um, you know reincarnation is a thing, any of those things, life 
is just extremely boring. And that's why I talk about these things on here because, you know, like live this life comes to, you know, how many, so many different avenues. Like, you know, it's got philosophy, it's got healthy living, it's got everything else. But when you actually look at your life and the potentials of why we're actually here, that's what has motivated me to actually do this and have these kind of conversations and, and propagate uh, an environment and a community where people do the same thing because the alternative is just so absolutely boring. Like you were just born to, to come here and get the shit kicked out of you for what reason, you know, to come here and, and serve a system and go back to the grave. And it was like, well, if that was your only ride and that's what you're here for, and that's the kind of life that you sort of, you lean into, then I just see that as so unfulfilling. And, and a lot of the people who I've worked with, with either coaching or something like that, they'll come to life with those kinds of perspectives. And then they start to open up their minds to the potentials of other things. And in that process, they find out not only a, how grand and infinite they actually are, but they find out about how grand and infinite their potential and possibilities are in their life. And that whatever they went to school for and have spent you know, a decade doing for a job and are miserable doing, that's not the end of their road. And they yeah. just almost like they need that permission slip signed by somebody else and given to them to say, holy shit, life is so much greater than this. And it's like, I don't care if someone has listened to me a thousand times and changed the channel at the thousand and one time where they are actually, they, they catch a sentence or a blurb or a concept that shifts them to want to get that permission slip. That's what I'm hoping for. That is, that is, I think the mission between me, you and anybody else who's in sort of a like-minded mindset of doing what we do is that just anybody listens to these things and whether it resonates or not, at some point something does resonate and they dive down that rabbit hole because their life will never be the same. Yeah. And it's even a simplicity and the reverence for nature. If you just go out and sit yeah. in a piece of grass for a little while and just hang out, you know, um, one of the uh, greatest joys of my life is my wife and I have a 12 acre piece of property out here in uh, North Texas. It's just west of Fort Worth by a little bit. And we have 12 acres. We have uh, two acres around the house. We have 10 acres that we call our pasture. And that's where we keep the pond and the donkeys and the barn and all that shit. But um, we have this beautiful piece of land. And one thing that uh, is so important to me uh, and my wife and um, that folks that come out here, this is a healing place, man, because of this, is we love and embrace nature. Uh, even without all the freaky woo-woo, we'll just go out and look at bugs, look at butterflies. One of the things that I've done with, that we've done back here is uh, on our two-acre land that's uh, fenced around the house, like our house sits here, uh, big two acres, and there's a pecan orchard back there, but with a bunch of open area as well. Used to, I would just mow that flat. Now what I've done is I mow what they call a fire line around it. You just mow a fence perimeter and I let the whole middle grow up uh, a, a full acre. And whenever I do that, then I go and I mow just a single strip with my riding lawnmower just around intuitively, right? Just snake it around, have fun. And what I've created out there uh, is this 1300 pace round trip labyrinth that you go in one way and you come, you come back out the other, right? And there's a center point and everything. It's a vortex. There's a whole thing. But one of the things I love is just I go out there. I've walked it probably three or four times today. I'll walk it when we're done here. And what I'll do is I'll go out there and walk barefoot uh, in the ground and just anything that catches my eye. You know, we have the whole of Texas wildlife growing right now. And we have five foot tall dandelions. Did you know that they grow that tall? No. If you don't mow them, they grow fucking tall with a bunch of dandelions all over it. So we have all these wildflowers everywhere that is pulled in all these pollinators. And we just walk this thing. And so the reverence for nature can be found as well it's the same as the freaky woo-woo. It gives us the same feeling because it's all around you. And again, there's there's something that's told you that you'd rather be on the couch and you'd rather be inside. But I can say that if you trade that idea out, my dog agrees, if you trade <laughs> that idea out uh, for a walk outside, you know, 20 minutes a day in nature, 
change your fucking life dude. absolutely change your fucking life and like i said barefoot uh, on any ground it doesn't have to be grass whatever just put your bare feet on the ground it's called grounding you swap ions with the earth it's incredible for inflammation all sorts of things but really a connection i've felt and uh, again this reverence for nature can get you into that vibe as well absolutely I wouldn't trade where I live uh, for anything. I have 14 acres of like mountain and it's literally oh, yeah. quartz granite mountain. So, I mean, we get this like some crazy awesome energy here. We get lightning strikes on this mountain all the time around. It's kind of freaky, but we're awesome. We're just like on this peak of the mountain where we like see the sunset from behind the house every night. And that was one thing I was yes. going to tell you about the sun, actually, before I forget to say that. Um, when we were having our conversation about the sun, I've heard about different weird things that might be going on with it and how the Inuits in Alaska are saying that some of their ancient monuments that they've had, you know, centuries, maybe a millennia, they are not lining up with their solstice and equinoxes. Like the sun is definitely off of its typical track. So I'm like, well, hey, for shits and giggles, I've lived here for 11 years now. I'm going to make my own little equinox markers. So I did, and they're not lining up. Like my my equinox shadows do not line up, and I'm on it on by the day, and they don't even line up within three or four days of each other. And I'm like, yeah, something's extremely screwed up. So we think about that orbit-wise. Think about that what that actually means. You know, because they dive even so far into the procession of the equinox, I've heard that that might mm-hmm causes of why we're having some of the global warming issues why we're having some sun strength issues because of that that wobble of the planet how it takes twenty six thousand years for that wobble to go all the way around and thirteen thousand years ago we the northern hemisphere was tilted farther away at its uh at its peak away from the sun so that was our ice age and right now we're on the opposite side of that thirteen thousand year cycle so now we're pointed closer to the sun of the northern hemisphere so that would explain why we're getting more northern pole melt and why antarctica doesn't have as much melt as what we're seeing in the northern hemisphere during the summertime and stuff so and it would explain why the strength of the sun up here is a little bit higher and why some of the processions of the uh what the, the solar patterns are doing it's not lining up as much as it used to with some of the the markers that they've had in the last few thousand years so something else to throw in that hat of what ifs right yeah Maybe the simulations algorithm said, okay, canter it out a little bit yeah. on the realm and yeah. make it a little bit like this. Simulate these environments and do that. Maybe the kid uh, that's looking at you know, his dad's science project there on the table that is us, he just turns it a little bit. His dad runs over, no, 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 no. you're fucking everything up. <laughs> and everything everything you know, goes into a different ice age, right? It's this little like shithead two-year-old. Yeah, run it exactly <laughs> like Lego movie with us. Yeah, and that's what really this procession is. It's his... Uh, kids nap time on there and it's we've just marked it as 26,000 years but really it's like five minutes over there and every five minutes this kid comes down and shakes the you know uh, taps on the glass of the aquarium maybe yeah oh man it's fascinating conversation we could we could chat for hours i'm definitely going to get you back on the show though because yeah yeah we definitely got to get you back on here there's there's way more conversations to be had but we're gonna we're gonna have to dive into some more stuff eventually soon too so yeah and this one was heavy. We'll let him sit with this for a little while. And yeah. dude, I'll be back any damn time. You get a cancellation, call me. I'll be here. And I'm going to get you booked on mine. So if you could stick around after you stop recording, I would love that. Excellent. You. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Dude, you're awesome. The way everybody can check Brandon and his awesome show, Expanding Reality, will be in the show notes. So please go and check that out. And you will not be disappointed. That show is an amazing one. The range of people he has on there is amazing. And you can tell this guy is a wealth of knowledge. So thanks again, my friend. I very much appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, dude. This is an honor.
A huge thanks to Brandon for stopping by the show. I knew this conversation was going to be awesome. He never disappoints. You'll see why I love chatting with him and listening to his podcast, the Expanding Reality Podcast. You can find him at expandingrealitypodcast.com. All the links and all the ways to find him are in the show notes, but go check him out. He's pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. And speaking of which, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please shoot us those ratings and reviews. It helps push us ahead of the pack in this massively growing sea of podcasts out there to help us reach more eyes and ears of everybody who wants to hear the kind of stuff that we talk about on this show. If you are a conscious thought leader, an expert on inspiration, or have your own amazing story to tell about how you've manifested your best life, we want you on the show. You can connect with us by writing to connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Or you can reach out to us through the show's Calendly page at calendly.com forward slash livethislife. And be sure to check out everything going on with the podcast at livethislife.org.